Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Entry. We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. Please, let's pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege to hear your word. We pray that as we gather around your word, reveal yourself to us from scripture. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Hebrews chapter 1, the Bible says that God, who at sundry times in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophet. All right, this is so important. Verse 2, has in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he has made the world. So in Bible says, in time past spoke to us or to our fathers by the prophets. Now I want to just focus on the fact that God speaks. God spoke, he speaks and he continues to speak because he is a speaking God. The only way God can be revealed is through his speaking. So actually in the book of Hebrews, you come across, I think Hebrews chapter 3 verse 7, it talks about today, if you hear his voice, as the Holy Spirit said, it's very interesting. So he kept referring to what the Holy Spirit said. So he said, as the Holy Spirit said. Now, when he said, as the Holy Spirit said, 3 verse verse 7, wherefore, as the Holy Spirit said, today, if you hear his voice, I did not hear. And now he's quoting from Psalm 95. As he quoted from Psalm 95, he said, as the Holy Spirit said. So he's trying to say that the scriptures, you know, the scriptures, all the references of the whole Old Testament that were made, most of it says the Holy Spirit said. Look at chapter 9, verse 8 says that the Holy Spirit, the Holy, the, the Holy Spirit Ghost, this signifying that the way into the holies of all was not yet made. The Holy Spirit, now he's quoting from the Old Testament, but he says that whilst this was going on, okay, and while this was going on, the Holy Spirit was signified. But the seven says that, but into the second, when second went the high, a high priest alone, that's talking about the tabernacle, every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the errors of the people. He said, by so doing, the Holy Spirit was signified. So the Holy Spirit, all the things that are recorded in the Old Testament is the Holy Spirit who was speaking. All right. Now, in chapter 10, verse 15, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 15, it says that where of the Holy, Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. All right. For after that, he had said, he has said before, this is the covenant that he quoted from, I think, Jeremiah. This is the covenant which I will make with them. Verse 17 says that, and their sins and iniquity I remember no, no, no more. All right, so you can tell the Holy Spirit said, I will remember no more. It says that, the wherefore the Holy Spirit says. So what I'm trying to say is that God speaks. And when God, when the Bible speaks, God has spoken. Every time the Bible speaks, God has spoken. So the Holy Spirit said, you see throughout in, uh, uh, in Hebrews referring to the Old Testament. And then when you come to Revelations, in Revelations chapter 2, Verse 7 says that he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. When God, before chapter 2 from verse 1, he says that to the church of the uh, Ephesus, to the angel of the church of Ephesus, right? This is what uh, I say, talking about Jesus. Okay, so he describes himself with some of the descriptions in chapter 1. That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. But when he starts speaking, he describes himself as Christ. When he finishes speaking, he says that he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. So when he starts to speak, he speaks as Christ. But when, he, when, he's, uh, when he's coming, he's the Christ doing the speaking, but he speaks as the Holy Spirit. 
So he said, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Revelation chapter 2 verse 7. Revelation chapter 2 verse 11. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Revelation chapter 2 verse 17. Oh, it says that he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Revelation chapter 2 verse 29. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Revelation chapter 3 verse 6 verse 13 verse 22. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Revelation chapter 22 verse 16. It says that and the spirit and the and the bride the spirit and the bride says so the spirit is a speaking spirit because god is a speaking god why am i saying this god remains a mystery until he's spoken. So when God speaks, then he reveals himself. When God speaks, so if God wants to reveal himself to you, he will speak his word to you. He will send his word to you. That is why in church, that is why in Christianity, the declaration of the word is so important because God manifests his word through preaching. And as I preach, I pray that the word will be manifested. And as the word of God is manifested, God is being revealed. There's no way you can have the proper picture of God without his word. So God reveals himself through speaking. So he says that God spoke. Now, in Hebrews chapter 3, before I even go to Hebrews chapter 3, may I establish this point that the things that are written in the Bible, in the Old Testament, Bible says that what are the things that were written before were written for our learning. Romans chapter 15 verse 4, it says that for whatsoever things were written aforetimes were written for our learning. So the things that have been written, they are written for our learning. It's not for the sake of those who did it, but it's for our sake these things were written. So they are written for our learning that we, through the patience and the comfort of scriptures, might have hope. Remember, the scriptures have patience and the scriptures offer us patience and it offers us comfort. When you, The more you open yourself to the scriptures, the more you receive comfort and you receive patience because you need need patience and you need comfort. Sometimes life can be so harsh. Sometimes life can be so uh, unpredictable and very worrying and disturbing. But you know, in times of difficulty, in times of trial, in times of trouble, one of the things you need is comfort. That the word of God comforts you. I pray that may you receive comfort from his word. This afternoon, this evening, this this morning, whatever time you are listening to this message, may you receive comfort. May, man of God, may you receive comfort. A woman of God, may you receive comfort. My sister, mom, dad, my brother, my uncle, may you receive Receive comfort. Auntie, receive comfort. I know it's been a difficult time. It's been a difficult season. It's been a very worrying season. But may you receive comfort from the scriptures. Bible says that, that we, through the scriptures, might receive comfort. It says, through the we, through the comfort and the patience. The scriptures bring patience. Patience to be able to wait on God. Even though things look threatening, you are able to wait on God. May, may God grant you patience through his word in the name of Jesus. He said that, that we, through the patience and the comfort of scripture, might have hope. You can never give up. And because, why? Because the future is bright for you. As long as you are enjoying the comfort and patience of scripture, you have hope. You know it to be well. Things may look funny at the moment. Things may look funny regarding your finances, your family, your marriage, your health. Hey, Kadebashai, there is hope. There is hope. I prophesy there is hope because of the patience and the comfort of Scripture. So, well, what I'm saying is that these things were written for our learning, that we, through the patience and comfort of Scripture, might have hope. Romans chapter 4, verse 23 and 24. It says that now it was not written for his sake alone, talking about Abraham. It was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him. As also to whom it shall be imputed. 
if we believe on him who raised up Jesus out, uh, Jesus our Lord from the dead. So he says that it was not written for Abraham's sake alone. The things we are reading about it, Abraham, it wasn't written for his sake alone. It was written for our sake as well into whose account God will impute righteousness. And so the point I'm making is what has been written in scripture is not just there as story, but is there as pointers. There is there as strength for us, strength, patience, comfort that we might have hope. Hallelujah. So the scriptures, every story you read in the scripture is for us. That's why I was, uh, I think every believer must learn how to read the scriptures existentially. So number one, whatever was written in scriptures were written for our learning. Number two, point I want to establish before I move any further. I'm talking about in the wilderness, today in the wilderness. In the wilderness, the wilderness experience is not something you can avoid. If you want to walk with God, you you go through wilderness moments. Life comes with wilderness. What is a wilderness? Wilderness moment is a moment, um, a moment of difficulty or hardship or a moment of trial that comes to test your faith. That comes to call. Watch this. That comes to um, put quality into your work with God. An example, in the life of Abraham, God gave him a son. He waited for many years. He didn't have a son. When God gave him the son, the son grew up. God said, give, him the, give me the son. Kill him or sacrifice him to him to me on Mount Moriah. And Bible says, Abraham believed and went, obeyed God in Hebrews chapter 11. And he was willing to sacrifice the, the son in whom God said has said or about whom God has said, in this your son shall the earth be blessed, the nation shall be blessed. The promise of God was attached to the son God said, give him to me. It was kind of, that was a kind of a wilderness moment. A wilderness, a wilderness is a place of testing. At the same time, it's a place of qualifying. When you pass the test, you, you, are, you will be qualified. If you fail the test, God will not be pleased with you. The wilderness tests church leaders. It tests churches and guess what? The wilderness, in the wilderness if you are not careful, you make it a test for God. Three people the wilderness is a test for. For you, for, uh, for, so for just the general believers, for uh, leaders, church Christian leaders, and for God. The wilderness, the wilderness, the wilderness is a place of testing. You cannot go any farther in God if you haven't been through the wilderness. So when he delivered them from Egypt and he was taking them to the promised land, there was the land of rest. Oh, thank you, Jesus. They were going to the land of rest, but God made sure that they would go through the wilderness because you have to go through the wilderness to qualify your entry into the land of rest. It's just like you want a degree. You have to write the exam. You have to go through some testing to be qualified, to be certified. There's no certification without justification. Being going, being put through a system to justify the certification. So if for God to give you endorsement for your next stage, the wilderness is necessary. Pastor, the church, your church is not breaking down. Your church is not closing down. It's a wilderness time for you. It's a season of wilderness to see. Brothers and sisters, this time of lockdown or where churches have not been able to come back the way it should be. It's a season of testing and it's a wilderness season. We need it in the church. At least it will help to uh, eliminate or sieve out the chaff 
from the church. Hallelujah. The wilderness is a time of testing. Now look at this. In Matthew chapter 4, can you imagine chapter 3, the Holy Ghost came on Jesus. The heavens was open. The Holy Spirit came at his baptism and a voice came from heaven. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. After that, Bible says that then Jesus was led up of the, sorry, Jesus was left up, was led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. He, who led him? The spirit. The spirit led Jesus in the world into the wilderness. The same thing. Luke chapter 4, verse 1. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Holy Spirit because it's now wilderness time. Is that is wilderness? You just got a new uh, uh, approval or a new, uh, a new appointment. Holy Ghost has come upon you. You've got a promotion. You've got. You just got married. You've just got a, a, a child. You've just got a. Your business is now doing well. You've just bought a house. You've just done this. Most of the time, right after the just, if God is behind it, there will be a, a period of wilderness. So right after the Holy Ghost kept on upon him, the Holy Spirit led him to the wilderness. The wilderness is a place of testing. The wilderness is a place of polishing, is a place of justifying, is the place of qualifying. It you'll be tested to be approved, tested to be qualified. In Romans chapter 16, I think verse 9, it says in, in the NIV, it says that great appellis are tested and approved or approved in the Lord. You have to be tested. This I am a Christian. This praise and worship, this extreme dancing thing you have been doing in church is good. But let's see if it is authentic. The wilderness will show it. In the book of Songs of Solomon chapter 3, verse 6, it says something about the wilderness. Who is this that come, comes out of the wilderness like pillar, pillars of smoke, perfumed with myrrh and frankincense, with all powers of the merchant? When you are coming out of the wilderness, you pass it, you, are, you glow, you glow. You glow. This is a wilderness moment for you, brother, sister. I know you are going through some funny times, but I'm here to let you know it's the wilderness moment. It's not meant to break you. It's not meant to punish you. It's meant to make you, not break you. It's meant to make you, not break you. It's meant to uh, so polish you, not punish you. The wilderness is meant to polish you, not punish you. So Jesus himself went into the wilderness, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Look at Mark. Mark chapter 1 verse 12. Chapter 1 verse 12 says that, And immediately the Spirit, or let me read from verse 11, And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Look at this approval. Bible said immediately, as soon as the voice finished, it said immediately, immediately the Spirit driveth him into the wilderness. The Holy Spirit driveth him. It moves him. He's the one driving you. Don't think it is thing, some of the things that we might go through may not be the devil. That The devil might want to bring it, but God will allow it because you need that wilderness experience to make to prove the quality of your work and your trust in God, your faith work. Every genuine faith will be tested. Uh, can I say that again? Every genuine faith will be tested. Every Any faith that is not tested is not authentic, is not genuine, is not viable, is not solid, is not, is, 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 is not reliable. Every faith will be tested. You believe in God, it will be tested. Your faith in God in these times will be tested. There will be time where it will look like you are down to nothing. But remember, when you are down to nothing, God is up to something. Hallelujah! When you are down to nothing, God! 
God is up to something. This is the time to prove your strength. Stay strong in the Lord, my brother. Stay strong in the Lord. Grow in the Lord. Stay strong in the Lord. Grow in your faith. Stay connected and committed to the work of God. And immediately he was, immediately the spirit driveth him into the wilderness, verse 13. And he was there with, in the wilderness for 40 days. Sometimes not a short time. 40 days. And tempted of Satan, and watch this, and was with, with the wild beasts. And angels ministered unto you. Wild beasts. Sometimes you are in the wilderness and you are with wild beasts on the internet. Sometimes you are just going to check your email or something, social media. You are seeing all kinds of wild things that are not in, in your that are not healthy and helpful for your Christian work. Wild beasts come some kind of phone calls and association and text messages and WhatsApp communication. Wild beasts, family members who are always criticizing you, criticizing the church. Any negative thing they hear about the church, they, they attack you, they jump on it. Wild beasts. You are in the wilderness with wild beasts, but you make it. Wild beasts, but your faith will survive. Wild beasts, but you'll be the champion. Wild beasts, but you'll be the winner. Wild beasts, but your faith will prove to be genuine, authentic, genuine, uh, uh, unfeigned faith. Wild beasts. He was in the wilderness with wild beasts, but not only wild beasts, and angels ministered to him. Even though you are surrounded with wild beasts, wild images, social media, challenges, wild feelings. Sometimes you have wild feelings. Wild feelings, wild beasts, wild ideas in the wilderness. It's characteristic of the wilderness life. But I see you coming through unscathed. I see you coming through unharmed, untainted. Hallelujah. So Jesus was in the wilderness. So remember, all these things have been written for our learning. Well, let's go to Hebrews, back to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 3. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I see somebody moving from grace to grace, from glory to glory. In the mighty name of Jesus, so shall it be. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7. It says that, Wherefore, as the Holy Spirit, as the Holy Ghost said, today, if you hear his voice, when? Today. Not yesterday. You were doing well yesterday, but today he needs you to stay connected today. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden. If ye will hear his voice, harden not your heart. What are you supposed to do today? Harden not your heart when you hear his voice. In other words, God will always, I told you, God is a speaking God. He always tries to speak to us, send a message to us. There will always be message. This one thing that you will never lack in the wilderness, the voice of God. The Holy Spirit will always come to you. I will send a voice from God. That's one thing, the most important thing you need. And you will never lack in the wilderness. So the voice of of God. And then it says that when you hear his voice, today when you hear his voice, harden not your heart as in the prov- uh, in the provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 7. Therefore, as the as the Holy Spirit says, today if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, in the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me. Did you see? It was a day of trial. The wilderness is a place of trial. But it's a place of trial not just for you, but it's also for God. You either end up trying God, testing God. Watch this. He said, as in the day of uh, trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me and tried me and saw my works 40 years, therefore I was, I was, I was angry with 
that generation. Let's read. This is a quotation from Psalm 95. So I think I would want us to actually go to the original quotation in Psalm 95 and explore what the Lord is saying. Psalm 95, verse 7 to 11, the same as Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7 to 11. Psalm 95, verse 7 to 11 says that, He is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you don't hear, he didn't say as the Holy Spirit said, because he was quoting from here in Hebrews. That's why I said the Holy Spirit. Okay, but here, this is what God is saying. Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your heart as in the rebellion, as in the day of trial in the wilderness. When your fathers tested me, when the devil came to Jesus, one of the things he tried to do in the wilderness, he wanted Jesus to test God. So Matthew chapter 4, verse I think verse 7, Jesus said, Thou shalt not test the Lord your God. He was quoting from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 16. Thou shalt not test the Lord your God. Where they put the Lord to, to, to test. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 16 said, You shall not tempt the Lord your God as you tempted him in Massa. That's a, a place in, in, in where we're going to read about. They tested God. They tempted God. The people of Israel did tempt God. They did test God. But Bible says that don't tempt me. Don't test God. So now it says that do not harden your heart as in the day of that. It was a day of rebellion. God is always dealing with you today. Don't be telling, oh, maybe I'll do it tomorrow. Don't procrastinate and say tomorrow, today. He said today when you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. It's today. It's today. Today. I'm, I'm talking about today in the wilderness, not yesterday. I'm talking, yeah, things have happened yesterday and you know, I was doing well yesterday. No, today, you were doing well yesterday, but how about today? Oh, I intend to do well tomorrow, no problem. How about today? God is dealing with you. He's a today God. He's the now God. So he says that today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. As in the day of rebellion, or as in the rebellion, as in the day of trial in the world, it was a day of trial in the wilderness, when your fathers tested me and uh, uh, tested me, they tried me, though they uh, they saw my works. They they knew the works of God. They saw the beautiful things God, had, but still they tested God. Oh God, look at this. Oh God, look at this. Complaining when you complain and remember about the things of God, you are testing God. You are testing God when you refuse to do it his way. When his, his word will, remember I said, his word will always come to you in the wilderness. But when the word comes to you, the word may come to you in your period of testing to work with the word. But if you reject the word and focus on something else, that's when you begin. You are also tempting God. And God does not like that. In the wilderness, God doesn't like that. In the wilderness is your test. Don't turn it into God's test. Don't test God by rejecting his, his word, by hardening your heart. It is not to your advantage. He says that they tested me. They tempted me. When your father tested, verse 9, when your fathers tested me, they tried me though they saw my words. Verse 10, for 40 years I was grieved with that generation. Said, for a long time. Oh, these guys. Oh, this guy. May God not say that about you. May God not be grieved with you. May God not be grieved because of you. Bible said for 40 years, God was, he said, I was grieved. God was grieved with this generation, this people, this bunch of people. God was grieved with them. Look at the, the results. I was grieved with them and said, it is a people, it's a, it's a people who go astray in their hearts. They go off. That's why they grieve God. 
sister, bro, please don't go astray. You know what God wants you to do. You know God, what God in the matters of forgiveness, in the matters of purity, in the matters of your church commitment, in the matters of your giving, in the matters of your obedience to the things of God, in the matters of a relationship with the other Christian brother, with the other Christian sister, in the matters of your feelings towards somebody, in all these things, you know what God, and God has not left you alone. He hasn't left himself without a witness and he will always speak because in the wilderness, one thing you are guaranteed of, God will speak to you. I don't know what you are going through, but I know God is speaking to you. I don't know what you are going through, what you might be going through, but I'm certain that God is speaking to you. Watch this. He says that they went, it is a people who go astray in their hearts. You might be looking at me or listening, but you have gone astray in your heart. Don't let Satan get into your heart. So, this is a serious one. And they do not know my ways. And watch this. Verse 11 is a serious one. So God, God said, so I swore in my wrath, they shall never, they shall, they, they shall not enter my race. God said, because of their behavior, God vowed, God swore, God said, I swear. This is a serious one. They went astray. They tested God, went astray in their hearts, and God said, I swear, these people will never enter my rest. God has prepared a rest for you. The, ah, thank you, Jesus. The wilderness cannot stop you from entering the rest of God. It's you. When you fail, if you fail to obey God's voice, or you harden your heart towards what God is, you know God, what God is saying. You know what God is saying. Don't test God. Don't test God. Because if you do that, God said, you, anyone who tests me, cannot go into my race, enter my race. I see you entering the rest of God regarding your marriage. I see you entering the rest of God regarding your family life. I see you entering the rest of God regarding your finances, regarding your career, your business. I see you entering the rest of God, pastor, regarding your ministry. A church leader, I see you entering the rest of God. This is a season of test. Don't give up. Don't harden your heart. You will enter the rest, the rest of God. The day, today in the wilderness, don't fail the test. Today, I'm not talking about yesterday. Yesterday is gone. I'm not talking about tomorrow. When we get there, we'll know what to do. But today, what is it that God is telling you which you know you are not doing? What is it because of circumstances around you? Because wild animals are around you and are moving you in a certain direction. And you are, you are failing to realize that angels are also around you to minister to you. Don't, get, don't let the wild animals, there are people who have been offended in church. They have been offended in some, their pastor. They have been offended in their church leader. And so they are about, they are going off. They are like wild animals and they have surrounded you. But brother, but sister, stay strong in the Lord. Oh, when I was sick, no one even came to visit me. This is a test for you that you remain strong and faithful. Faithful because it's a test in the wilderness. You know what God wants you to do. You know what God wants. Yeah, I know your, your wife is really frustrating you, but you know what God wants you to do. God, you know God said forgive her. You know God said forgive your husband. You know God said don't don't get into contentions with your mother, with your father. You know what God is saying. You can't say you don't know because God would never leave himself without a witness. He will always give you a witness. And in the wilderness, one thing you can always be guaranteed of, God will speak because God is a speaking God. Hallelujah. Today in the wilderness. Today in the wilderness. First Corinthians chapter 10. Then we go to Hebrews and finish there. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Look at this. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 1 Corinthians, Corinthians chapter 10. I would like to read from verse 2 
um, and were all baptized into uh, baptized unto, unto, unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and did eat did all eat the same spiritual meat, and did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of the spiritual rock that followed them. That's look at all the things that they saw the works of God. They saw these things. And uh, verse 5, but with many of them, God was not well pleased. Wow, may that not be your testimony. May that not be your testimony. Bible says that, but, but with many of them, God was not, but with many of them, God was not well pleased. But with many of them, God was, this is a serious thing, for they were overthrown where? In the wilderness. The wilderness is a place of test. But if you are not careful, you might be overthrown. All the confidence, look at the sacrifice, things you have done in church and say, I'm going to show you how to make it in the wilderness in a few minutes. Now watch this. But with many of them, they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now, these things were, you see what I said earlier, these things were, were uh, these things, these things were our examples, okay? Now these things were our examples to the intent that we should not last after after evil things as they did. So what happened to them is just an example for us. We have to be careful what, what your heart is beginning to develop or what the direction your heart is beginning to go. Your heart is, if you are not careful, your heart can, can sway, can, can be derailed away from God. They, their heart went after uh, lustful things. And so it says that these things were now these things were our example to the intent, to the intent we should not last after evil things as they lasted. Neither be ye uh, idolaters, as were some of them, as it is written. These people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither see idolaters, neither let us commit fornication. Idolaters, they add to, to be an idolater is to replace God with something else in your life. Something else takes the precedence, the preeminence, the importance in your life than God. Maybe your job, maybe your money, maybe your relationship maybe your friend maybe your feelings yes your feelings maybe the th the way you like doing your things yeah those things can take the place of god so the bi the biggest challenge for every work with god the biggest challenge is, is the idolatry and sexual immorality okay so watch this it says that neither let us uh, verse 8, neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day, three, one day, three and 20,000. Yes, 23,000 people died in one day because of fornication. And people are saying, oh, fornication doesn't matter. It does. Bible says that idolatry and sexual immorality, they fell in the wilderness and God was not pleased with them. In the wilderness is a time to, to, to test you. Neither murmur ye. So they also murmured. Murmur ye or complain as some, uh, some, uh, as some of them also murmured and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now watch the verse 11. Now all these things happen unto them for our examples. Did you see that? As I read earlier, the things that is for our example, see how important you and I are in the sight of God. All these things happen to them, for example, that they that they are uh, uh, sorry, and they are written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world have come. These things happen to them for our example, and they have been written for our encouragement that we'll be encouraged and keep going on. And I'm telling you, sister, I know you are in a wilderness situation. I am having my own wilderness experience. You are, because it's unavoidable. Jesus was driven into the wilderness. It is necessary. It is necessary for your justification, your, to justify your 
next level. Okay, to qualify, it's necessary to qualify you for your next level. It's a qualifying process. The wilderness experience is a qualifying process for um, but unfortunately, some people it becomes disqualifying process. So God said, No, you are not entering my rest, you are not entering the next phase that is going to be a better phase. When you get into every phase, the wilderness will come, then you move to the next phase. And I don't know what wilderness you are going through, but brother, brother. You are able to make it. Sister, you are able to make it. I came just to encourage somebody and not just encourage and also to warn. Now, let's finish this text in Hebrews. Going back to Hebrews. Reading from verse 10. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said, they they do err in their hearts and they have not known my ways. We read it in Psalm 95. They err. They make mistakes in their So I swore in my wrath, they shall, they shall not enter my rest. May that not be your testimony. Verse 12, now watch this. Now, this is what to do. If we do not want it to happen to us as it happened to them, this is what we are supposed to do. Verse 12 tells us what you do. He said, take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Please don't depart from the living God. I like the phrase, the living God. Hallelujah. The phrase, the living God. You remember in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14, it says that how much more would the blood of, uh, of Christ, who through the eternal spirit was offered to purge our conscience uh, to serve the living God. You see, the, the living God over there. So the blood, we are to serve the living God. In the book of Hebrews, again, Hebrews chapter 9 verse 14. So Hebrews chapter 3 verse 14 it said, don't fall away from the living God. But Hebrews chapter 9 verse 14, it says that we have been called or sanctified, purified to serve the living God. In uh, no, Hebrews chapter 12 verse 22, it says that for you have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God. Hallelujah. And then in 1 Timothy chapter, 5, uh, chapter 3 verse 15, it says that I've written these things to you so you know the protocol governing the, how you should conduct yourself in the church, in the, uh, 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 sorry, in the house of God, which is the church of the living God. There's a pro, there are protocols governing approaching the living God. What you do, how you behave in church life is important. And then in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 31, Bible says it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. So we have been, we have been sanctified. We have been called into Zion, the city of the living God, to serve the living God. And but if we are not careful, we will fall away from the living God. And if you fall away from the living God, you will enter or you fall into the hands. Falling into the hands is like falling on the wrong side of the living God. The Bible said it's a fearful thing. I see you will not fall. You will not backslide in the wilderness. Ah, some people, I know some people will backslide in the wilderness. It's just obvious. People, it happened to Israel. It will happen to our modern day Israel, the church. It will happen. But you are not one of those who backslide. The Bible said you are not of them that draw back unto perdition, Hebrews chapter 10. You are, we are not of those that draw back. You are not one of those who backslide. Let me finish this thing. So it says that, verse 12 again, take it. It's your job to be alert. Watch out. Take it. Watch out. Hebrews chapter 12, chapter 11, chapter 3, verse 12. It says, therefore, beware. Brethren, he called brethren, brothers and sisters. It's, an, a, word, it's a terminology of endearment. It's beware, brethren. Take care, lest there be in anyone or anyone, no one is exempted. Church leaders and church or church members, take heed, lest there be in anyone of you a wicked, 
unbelieving heart. See, a wicked unbelieving heart, a wicked unbelieving heart, that wicked unbeliever which refuses to cleave to trust in, okay, cleave to trust in and rely on, leading you, leading you to turn away and desert, stand aloof from the living God. I can't be bothered. I can't be bothered. I can't be bothered. I won't watch any Zoom. I can't be bothered. I, I can't be bothered. I'm not bothered. I'm not interested. Thus, you begin to stand aloof. And it is a reflection of an evil heart of unbelief in the wilderness. The, the potential things that can happen in the wilderness is the developing of an evil heart of unbelief that turns away from God. The word turns away or makes people fall away, falling away from God. The Greek word is a a piece, a feast me, you see. So you have to be very, watch out, watch out, watch out, uh, watch out that you don't a feast me, a feast me. Watch out that you don't a feast me from God. Watch out that you don't take away or turn away from God, desert God, depart from God, stand aloof. I just can't be bothered. I don't care. I will, whatever. No, no, no. That is not a good, a godly attitude. That is, that is a reflection of a wicked heart of unbelief. It's a, an, an evil, the Bible says, an evil heart of unbelief. Bible says, you know, in the wilderness, they turn away from God in their hearts and it's beginning to, it, it will always start from the heart. You have to guard your heart. Be alert because you are surrounded with wild animals that will influence you to turn your heart away from God in the time of the wilderness because Satan will come and say, do this if God is there with you. Do this, but don't put God to test. If you put God to test, he will not be happy with you. And if God is not happy with you, he will swear you will never enter his wrath. You will, uh, his, his rest. You will never, he swears in his wrath that you will never enter his rest. I prophesy into your life that in this season of uh, of difficulties, in this season of church, church, church fellowships, not um, unpredictable church fellowship, in this season of actually staying in your house and doing church, may you not have an evil heart of unbelief that turns away from God, that deserts God, that departs from God, that stands aloof, cavalier, unconcerned, uninterested. Um, I'm interested. Please. It's a wilderness testing. This season shall be over. But those who stand firm, those who stay connected to God, those who watch and on their guard, those who are not develop hardened heart. He says that he today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. If you harden your heart, it will allow, watch this, hardness of heart will allow an evil heart of unbelief. Hey, bro. Hey, sister. Watch out. Watch out so that you don't develop an evil heart of unbelief in turning away from the Lord. God will always speak to you. And you, when God speaks to you, you know exactly what you should do in the, in light of your genuine fellowship with God. Genuine fellowship. Don't turn in your heart. So it says that, beware lest you affist me from the living God. The only God who can guarantee life in your finances, life in your marriage, life in your health, life in your career, your education, life in your, in your actual life, the living God. You are turning away from him. You are deserting him. Please be careful. Any of us, including me, including the bishop, including anybody at all, can, Bible says, beware lest an evil heart of unbelief develops. Yeah, it's there. Beware. You have to be very careful. Watch, let me read it again. Take heed. 
Brethren, watch out! Alert! It's, it's like warning sign. Beam, 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 beam. Watch out! Brethren, lest there be in any of you, anybody at all, no one is exempt. In the time of wilderness, it, you can develop an evil heart of unbelief. That's why I started gossiping, gossiping about that sister the way you are doing. That's why you've gone back to that boyfriend. That's why you've gone back to that girlfriend. That's why you've gone back to that quarrel with your father and your mother. That's why you've gone back to that tension an unnecessary tension with your husband and with your wife. That's why, because it's everything stopped when you were doing well in the Lord. Now that this lockdown is bringing the ugly part of you. Why? Because every one of us has the intrinsic propensity, intrinsic propensity to develop an evil heart of unbelief. Unbelief is an evil heart. Oh, I can't be bothered. I'm not even sure if God is listening. It's an evil heart of unbelief. And sometimes the wild beasts, the wild animals around you, the wild satanic inspired things around you will even enhance your the, uh, the, uh, depart, the departing of your heart. Watch this. Take it, brethren. Take it, brethren. Lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in war, in affisting from the living God, in departing, in deserting, in standing aloof, in turning away. Don't turn away from the living God. Verse 13. So what should you do? Exalt one another while it is called today. See? So now, it's, this is when he says exalt one another, he's calling us into church fellowship. The fellowship life in the wilderness two things that you need number one how to do well even in the wilderness how to do well in the wilderness how to survive your faith to thrive in the wilderness two things number one today harden not your heart it's always today i'm preaching on today in the wilderness how do you do well in the wilderness today harden not your heart number one because god will all your greatest asset is the voice of god even in the wilderness so today, harden not your heart when you hear his voice. Number two, today, exhort one another. In other words, stay in godly fellowship. Don't disconnect from godly fellowship. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, he says that, um, not, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, even as the manner of some is, but exalting one another. Hebrews chapter 10. Verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exalting one another and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. So exalting. Now, the only way we can exalt one another is when we are in touch with one another. And this is what you are supposed to do to that brother. Exalt him. Encourage him. Exalt him. Exalt the brother. Encourage him. Challenge him. He said, oh, pastor, he's telling you, I didn't like the way things, I'm tired. He said, no, 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 but it will affect your Christian life. So please stay in touch. Stay in touch. When is church time for church service, online service, stay in touch. Stop cooking. Sit down. Take your note. Listen to the preaching. Stop. That's not the time to be cleaning your house. Use that time for God and use another time to do other things. Because until you are exalted, the wilderness, you, you will develop an evil heart of unbelief. Don't harden your heart. And if you if you harden your if you are not careful, your heart will be hardened and it will become a, 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 an evil heart of unbelief. Let's, let's see, it says that, but exalt one another. Watch this. Exalt one another, another 
Daily. How often? Daily. So those of you who are keep, who keep encouraging, checking on the Christian brother, checking on the Christian sister, or asking, did you listen to the, the message today? Were you able to join the online service? Were you able to join the Zoom? They said, yes. Oh, let's share what we discussed. Encourage somebody. That's the only way we can do it because it's an us life. The Christian work is a community life. You can't survive alone in the wilderness. You can't stop. You need the voice. So one, you need the voice of the spirit. You need the voice of the brethren. Not only the voice of the spirit, you need the voice of the spirit or you need the voice of God and you also need the voice of the brethren, the voice of the brothers and sisters. They need to be always expose yourself to be receiving healthy communication, wholesome words. Thank you, Lord. Wholesome words. Wholesome words from other brothers. There are some people you know when they speak, this is not someone who is giving you wholesome word. He's speaking as a beast, a wild beast. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wild beasts don't give wholesome words. Wild beasts give words that will even pollute your heart more. Watch this. Why do we hear that we need the wholesome word? So, but exalt one another daily. Whilst it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. You can be very hardened easily. Not only uh, um, people who may be Christians. Said any of you, you can be a strong Christian. But if you are not careful in the wilderness, you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Sin always deceives. In Romans chapter 7, verse 11, he said, but sin deceived me. Sin deceived me. Sin always deceived. It will promise you what it can deliver. It looks like it's like going to Pharaoh for help going to Egypt for help. It looks like it will, it will promise, oh, it's good. This guy said, he will marry me. So I've moved to live in his house. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I said the church thing is all fake. I shouldn't worry. Even some pastors are killing their wives. So, and so some family members have latched and jumped on it. They hate the church so much. They are looking for every, every reason to say the church is fake. But you know what God has done for you. You have encountered God. This is just a wilderness season. It's a wilderness season. He said, let's ex exalt one another whilst it's called today. Lest any of us be hardened by the deceitfulness of the... You remember he said that when you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. If you don't want to harden your heart, expose yourself to the exhortation from the brothers and sisters, the brethren. Strong Christians, other Christians who you know, this one is a serious Christian. Some people, when they speak to you, you know, they say, no, it's a serious Christian. He's inviting for all kinds of unhealthy parties, wild parties. He's sending you videos that are not healthy on WhatsApp, sending you messages and videos and pictures that you know that this is not healthy for me. These are wild videos. Send you, send you a link. Block those links because you need to protect yourself else you are testing God. And if you test God, he will vow you never enter his rest. What you don't want to is to miss the rest of God. Because the future is coming. I see you laughing. Now watch this. So he says that, But exalt one another daily, whilst God's today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we, for we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. That's when you are made partaker, metakos. Partaker of Christ. Metakos is the Greek word. Partaker of Christ. You are partaking in Christ. The Bible talks about how we partake in the Holy Spirit. Yeah, talk about uh, in Hebrews chapter um, 6 verse 4, you have partaken of the Holy Spirit. You have tasted the, the good word of God. In Hebrews chapter 12 verse 8, it says that we are partakers of discipline. If you are a son, it's every son, genuine son, will, go, will, will share, you partake 
in that. You, are, you take part of godly discipline. You take part of the Holy Spirit. And then Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1, it says that we are partakers of the heavenly calling. We partake in the heavenly calling. We partake in the Holy Spirit. And we partake in the discipline, sonship discipline that comes from God to help her become strong and strong. But here he said you are sharing with Christ. You are metacos with Christ. You are partaking in Christ Jesus. You are sharing. You are a shareholder in the blessings of Christ. This is what he said. How do you become partakers of Christ? Let me read verse 14 said for we are made partakers of christ if we hold fast you see if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end so if you are holding it steadfast to the end then you are you are qualified to partake you enter the rest christ is our rest i pray that may god help us all in this wilderness season that today in the wilderness you will do well today in this modern day in this current season wilderness financial wilderness, marital wilderness, romantic wilderness, career wilderness, business, whatever the wilderness is. Maybe even church relationship troubles. You have, you have issues with some people in your church and you are not happy. Listen, it's a wilderness and you have to not harden your heart. Listen, to, so in the time of wilderness, what do you need? The voice of God and what do you need? The exhortation of the brethren. So today, harden not your heart and then exhort one another. It's your job to exalt the other brother. Don't say, let, let him go. No, it's your job. En encourage him. Exalt her. Exalt him. Encourage her. Encourage him. Challenge him. Challenge her. Admonish him. Admonish her. So we can all stand together and enter the rest of God. I see the future is colorful. I see the future is beautiful. And I know it's going to get better and better. You will not fail in the wilderness. Today, you will stand in the wilderness. You will thrive in the wilderness. As Jesus came out of the wilderness full of power, you are also coming out of the wilderness full of power, smelling beautiful. Bible says that he who comes out of the wilderness, look at the one who is coming out of the wilderness. He smells of frankincense and myrrh. Songs of Solomon chapter 3 verse 6. You are coming out triumphant in Jesus' name. This season will not dwarf your faith. This season you will, not you will not fail the test and you will not put God to test, but you pass the test because it's a day of trial. Don't let it become the day of provocation against God. I see God helping you and I. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank God for using his servant, Reverend Dr. David Entry, to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Caris Ministries. Stay blessed.